0: I'm Jesse Parker.
1: And I'm Tommy Niblack. Jesse and I are super excited to share with you episode 39 of The Faith Faith Chair,
0: where we ask questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.
1: And on today's episode, Jesse and I tackle the topic of fear and what our response is as believers. I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. What's up? It's Friday. It's Faith Chair Friday. That came Faith through, that came Friday. through pretty clearly on your phone? Yeah. Face Chair Friday. Face Chair Friday. Have we ever said that before? No, I don't think we've ever said it before.
0: Copyright it.
1: <laughs> it is
0: trademarked, trademarked. a picture and everything.
1: <laughs> it's uh, not TGIF anymore. It's, right. It's Faith Chair Friday. TGIFCF. <laughs> we just made it longer. And more spit will come out when you say it now. To give it to you. To give it to Jesse. <laughs> Yo, it's your boy Tommy, your boy Jesse. We are back for another installment of the Fate chair, and we're gonna we've st- we've decided to, to have some icebreakers, and uh, I'm gonna be better prepared
0: from now on because we feel like we just we jump into right. the really real too quick. Right. <laughs> we just like deep in. We it warm, it, warm it up, <laughs> warm it up. Just
1: immediate deep in. Uh, so we figured icebreakers to get it, to get us uh, situated and to get y'all ready. <laughs> Today, I was talking about some of the shows that I'm watching and uh, um, because Last Dance is on, on Netflix and it's free I don't have ESPN I've been watching Last Dance and like I've been like watching it like two at a time just like (laughs) oh shoot and some of those some of those like some of those playoffs I remember like it was yesterday because I'm not really huge into sports right now but back then 80s 90s uh, it was all about the the playoffs the all-star game that the bulls are in it so icebreaker today why do you think Jordan they had all this footage why do you think he decided to release this thing now
0: I am uh, so I think I'm post on Facebook so some of y'all know this uh, I think it's two1 I think he's Starting to feel LeBron breathing down his neck, <laughs> and so he, he wants to he wants to do some stuff to remind people of his legacy, and secure it. Um, but I, I I'm sure I'm not the only one who noticed watching that show uh, how crazy yellow his eyes were. Yo, and and Jordan Jordan's is is a known drinker, um, and so honestly, like between. And it's it's not just the last dance, but like you know, the, they've had this footage they filmed that you know that documentary years ago. Yeah, and and he never gave them permission to release it until now. And uh, you couple that with him all of a sudden, you know, coming out and making public donations to social justice campaigns and speaking out um, in ways that he never did as a player and has never done as a as a public figure since then either. He was mad quiet. Yeah, when he's he was he's playing. always been he's always been a private dude, just minds his own business. I mean the, the documentary itself talks about how he didn't really step in in that one election in Chicago and uh, you know, stuff like or or I don't remember if it was Illinois State or if it was just a city, but um was this a mayor? A guy yeah, a I can't mayor? remember I can't remember if it was the mayor or the governor or yeah. something like that. But you know, he, he's just never been that guy. So all of a sudden all of this is happening at the same time. I, and I don't want to speak anything negative, but, like, I have a feeling that he's not doing well health-wise. And he's, 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 he's trying to... He's trying to... He's always about, been about his legacy. Yeah. And so I think uh, he, he... You know, the documentary speaks to him as a player in terms of his, his legacy. But one of the biggest things that people bring up, including me, in the argument about the greatest of all time and why I think it's LeBron, is, is what LeBron does off the court. Right, and so all of a sudden you got Jordan stepping out and getting engaged in some of that stuff, LeBron type stuff that he never engaged in before. Because he's so competitive. Yeah, because he's so yeah. If there's one thing you take away from that documentary, is that the man's whole life is driven by his uber competitiveness. Right, reason. you and ain't to so, lump up me. Exactly, exactly. But so I think yeah, I think that's a big part of it is just securing his legacy. But I I yeah, that was just my initial reaction. Every, every time he was he was interviewed. You know, he had, he had the cup of whatever he was drinking there in his hand, obviously something alcoholic, in his little glass with the ice, and, you know, and he's known for, you know, being a drinker, and just his eyes, uh, just being so yellow like that, I was like, um, yellow. he might be feeling the motivation to secure his legacy because yeah. he might not be doing well health-wise. That, never, that's all totally conjecture, but that's, that was just my reaction.
1: Because why else would you release all it? All of a sudden. Right. it's not like
0: he needs the money or anything
1: <laughs> I, I was so like you don't think about the the magnitude of the reach that he has until you see footage of him in Beijing or, or some Slavic country and everybody's got somebody's got a Jordan something on
0: yeah
1: like a Jordan T-shirt, Jordan slides. Like it's like, are you kidding me? So he really doesn't need. He didn't need this. So like, I kind of
0: agree. But you know, like, you, there you, must you, be something going on. Yeah, you 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 now have a generation that's grown. Grew, they grew up with, you know, Kobe, Shaq, Tim Duncan, Steph Curry. KD, LeBron. Right. and I don't know about Jordan. They hear about Jordan from their dads. They hear about Jordan, Jordan. from their right. uncles. From, you know, right. the, us who are millennials. you know, in our childhood at that time. Um, they might remember him as the busted-up old dude who just never should have come back to the Wizards there again. Like, everyone who's a Jordan fan just pretends that era never happened, except for that one game where he dropped, like, fifty six. And,
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which was dumb. It was just him, like again, trying to trying to be competitive. That was like
0: Kobe's last game. Like right. just, I'm just, like, being, I'm <laughs> shooting all the shots. But, did he uh, play Lebron at all? Before? No, I don't. No, I don't know. I don't think there was any crossover there. I don't think so. See, now that would have been. But even if he did, it would have been seen. it would have been old busted up Jordan. It wouldn't have been prime yeah. Jordan. So. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So that was that was kind of my reaction. I was definitely thankful for it though because it was right it was right there like it kind of in the when we were all starting to realize the uh the I don't know magnitude of the pandemic quarantine yeah. Yeah. and there was no sports on and so I think the whole country was like thank god yeah. we can we watch, watch this footage of Jordan. We get to watch uh, something cause there, I don't remember I saw something about the ratings but it was like it was like that thing was getting like Super Bowl level viewership. Yo, cause there was nothing else to watch. There was nothing so. else, and they had the nice highlights of the uh, of the playoffs too. Uh, yeah, man, that's it. Yeah, watching that last bit of the documentary, the the uh, that made me mad. the The series against the Sonics, I never knew that. I was too young to understand. Like, uh, uh, I forgot Sonics had strategy, you know, strategy and stuff at that point. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching them like seriously, George Carl? You thought that it would be better to not have Gary Payton guard Michael Jordan? To not have your best defensive player or yeah, your best I offensive player? Sonics had a team. I forgot. And they, and they, they were winning once he made that switch, but by then they were like already down three up. I was like, man. So that kind of hurt like like every time. Yeah. Every time Every time, time, in, <laughs> every time in, a, in the history of the NFL, they every time the Seahawks play, they bring up that freaking Marshawn play in the Super Bowl. And it's like, can y'all let us heal, please? Yeah. Like, yeah. not only did you show us that science thing and we have to reminisce about a championship opportunity loss, but we don't even have the Sonics anymore. Sorry. It's so jacked. It's so jacked. But that that's our...
1: That's our take on the last... And I i, I got to tell you, it's... A, I feel like I need more. Like, I need more uh,
0: Last Dance documentaries of other... <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Like, it, really, it makes you just yeah, it makes you reminisce. With, wasn't no joke. It makes you reminisce about like our glory, the golden age of basketball yeah. of sports for us in our our childhood. Because like,
1: Barkley wasn't no joke. I mean, I just watched the Stephon, uh Marbury joint, and it was um, uh, which was really good. Did uh, you ever watch the one on AI? I haven't. Is I, I don't Netflix? know if it's on
0: anything. At one point, it was, but that was a while ago because
1: AI is another one. We've had some, uh, some serious, well, and let me stop fronting like I'm super into sports. I'm not, I just, uh, I, I, remember I remember when it was bananas, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I remember when, when, uh, when it was like a show, like when they were talking about people were just going to games to see Jordan even if he was playing against their team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were going to see Jordan. So like, that. I'm, I'm that type of person. I'm like, like when there's like...
0: Yeah, like I, I'm not going to do it as a sporting event. I'm going right. to like a concert. Like I want right. to I I see the star. Right, I just want to see the star. I can care less about the basketball. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so uh, y'all tell us in the comments why you think, if you agree with uh, our assessment. <laughs> Or if you have another reason why, tell us in the comments. But
0: what are we getting into today? I was thinking, you know, we would uh, spend some time, like, just talking about fear. Um, it's, it's, a, it's something that's really prevalent in a lot of uh, lives and a lot of conversations. Yeah. And a lot of circumstances going on in the world right now. Um, and, and, you know, we've, we've talked about the issue about, like, the pandemic and masks and stuff like that and where we stand with that. And in the, in the idea of, you know, wisdom versus fear, you know, and how that has to do with, you know, kind of your mindset towards the pandemic and towards other people is going to determine whether you see it as wisdom or you see it as fear. Um, and sometimes it's hard to differentiate between the two. But but I, I don't know. I've just been struck recently just by how pervasive the use of fear is, like in our everyday lives. Yeah. Like fe- fear is used... It's used in it's used in marketing it's used in politics it's used in church it's used in families it's used in education yeah. uh, we use fear as a motivator we use fear to try to get people to do things or to want things or to not do things and not want things we use fear to manipulate people to do what we want them to do um, just fear fear is used so prevalently here yeah. um, and I don't know, I've been struck. I've been struck not only by that, but, but, but again, by this kind of duplicit nature of a lot of times us as Christians, where we label certain things as fear-based and therefore unbiblical, and we reject them, but we're we're more than happy to employ fear, even if we don't call it that, right. in lots of other uh, decision making and in lots of other conversations and lots of other arenas. We're happy to use. Um, the, the motivate the motivator or manipulator of of, of of fear to uh to control people or to dictate decision making. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Have you seen um and it, and it is all manipulation. It's all thing. Well yeah that, it's
0: that, all manipulation. Yeah that's why I mean the enemy uses fear to manipulate us no. into doing things we shouldn't no. do into Chubby. Dogs gotta go to the bathroom, and dogs gotta go. Um, it, yeah, it's it's used. The enemy uses it, and then and then we use it. Like, yep. you know, it's the, it's the same old, same old, right? Like, uh, probably fifteen percent, 10 percent. I don't know, whatever. I'm gonna stick a particular number on it, but you know, don't quote us. I, I don't I don't think the vast majority of the things that we deal with in life are the enemy attacking us. Yeah. so much as they are, like, our yeah. own self, self-inflicted, self self-inflicted wounds, um, and sometimes that has to do with, you know, the enemy us, but ultimately it comes down to our own failure, because if, as Christians, if we have Christ, we have the ability to say, no, we were just, uh, in, in our Bible study, we were just in the middle of chapter 10, uh, verse 14, I think 13, 14, where, where Paul says, you know, um, there will never be a temptation that is more than you can handle, yeah. uh, and God will show you a way out of so that you can en- endure. And, and, you know, so, you know, temptations, temptations happen. The enemy brings temptation, yeah, but um, it's also o- oftentimes our own failure, and it can be our own fear um, sometimes that, that leads us to failure, not necessarily the enemy did it. So, yeah, it's just...
1: So what is our, like, what what is our response to fear like I, I i did this thing a video i think it was early on in in quarantine and um and i was just talking about because i feel like fear is fear is natural like it'll never go away but what happens is like the whole thing that andy santa talked about as far as there they being tensions and some tensions have solutions, other tensions. You just have to manage. Right. And fear is one of those things that have, that has to be managed because at times it comes to help us be cautious. And other times it comes to stop us from doing something that we should be doing.
0: Yeah. Well, And, that, and that's, that's the difficulty sometimes is like we have to understand what fear is. We have to define fear before we can before we can be able to discern between like wisdom experience right. um, and, and fear right because like someone would say you know oh I don't invest my money in this, the stock market because I'm you know I'm fearful of a crash because right. because I'll lose all my money <laughs> right. but if I have experience in the stock market and I can see the signs that a crash is coming it's not fear it's prudence right it's it, that's wisdom and so sometimes the same action, can be labeled both things but it really comes down to what's happening in our heart, what's happening in our mind, what's ultimately at the at the base of our motivation. Yeah. Same thing as we talked about with the mask. If if you if you see the virus as a serious thing that not only you have to protect yourself but also be a part of protecting other people as well, um, then you'll see wearing a mask as as a step of prudence. it's, right. it's wisdom. Even if even if you never are, even if if you caught you know caught the virus and never had more than a, a cough, or you know no one around you is something somebody you know particularly at risk or whatever, um, just the, the the chance to you're not fearful of the virus, you're not fearful of getting sick and dying, you're just I'm going to do my part to protect other people. If you see the virus as as not dangerous, oh you know it kills less people than the flu, you know all the different claims that are out there and different things like that. And we've, we've made our stance on all that clear. Um, but, but you'll label not you know, wearing a mask as fear. So yeah. it's like it's the same activity that can be labeled either one, but it's based, that's based upon your mindset. That's right. So like that's right. for somebody who the, the virus isn't a da- doesn't feel like it's dangerous, can't look at somebody who wears a mask and say, oh, you're living in fear. Right. Uh, in my heart and mind, there's no fear. You have to say that again. I see it. I see this dangerous. <laughs> I recognize that people are dying. I want to do my part to protect people. Right. It doesn't even necessarily have to do with me, so it's not fear based. I'm trying to be wise and compassionate, right. and caring about other people. Right. So it has to do with what's in my heart and what's in my mind. Uh, same thing, like we said, with the like the investment scenario. If I if I recognize the signs that a downturn might be happening, it's not fear that keeps me from investing my yeah. money in the stock market. It's wisdom. Um. But if I just read an article about some person who lost their entire retirement because they invested poorly, and I just decided not to invest because I'm afraid, that's fear. Same activity, different heart and motivation. One of my, one of my
1: other shows that I was talking about that I like is a show called The Good Place. And there's a character on there who it, uh, who died and now he's in the Good Place, but on, uh, on Earth, he was an
0: ethics professor. <laughs> was that, that that uploaded one where he's... Uh-uh, uh-uh. Oh, that was different
1: That's thing. probably a similar storyline.
0: Oh, I don't no, know the Upload's up, up like an artificial reality. Oh, okay. I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah, I remember seeing that pretty So, in Good Place, this character, his name is Chidi, he,
1: uh. he, on Earth, he was an ethics professor. And there's one episode where he has to help the guy who runs The Good Place make a decision. And they keep flashing back to how he was on earth. His best man didn't want, uh, his best friend didn't want him to be his best man at his wedding because he knew that he would run every scenario, good, bad, indifferent for uh, what being the best man was, how the wedding was going to be, da da, da, da. Yeah. and he would never make a decision. <laughs> right. And really, what it boiled down to is he was afraid that he was going to make the wrong right. decision. Right. And I feel like we think, first of all, as believers, we think about stuff the same way, and we're because we don't properly exegete um, scripture and we don't properly have a, a we don't have a proper understanding of scripture we think that when we see words when we see things like have no fear we think it's it means get rid of it altogether mm. and that's not what it means because what happens in our life and God knows this is that we sometimes after we get all that stuff all that church and stuff in us we we have what I've heard people call paralysis analysis. Yeah. We overanalyze stuff to the point where, and overpray about things to the point where we don't move at all. We don't do anything at all. Yeah, and what
0: is that? That's fear of uncertainty.
1: That's still it's still fear, and you try to blame it on well, I prayed about it and I didn't hear it. No, you're just scared. I'm just scared. Yeah. We're letting fear dictate to us in this 2 Tim- um, Timothy Paul Tells Timothy, or Timothy's telling us, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That means He hasn't given. Fear isn't our ruler. It is not the filter with which we
0: make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that's what we do. Yeah. The other famous, you know, verse when it comes to fear, right, is that perfect love casts out all fear. Because we don't have to be afraid of judgment. Yeah. And, you know, and and again, it's not, obviously, it's not our perfect love. We're not capable of perfect love. Right. But it's it's our understanding of God's perfect love allows me to live in a reality in which I don't have to live in fear. That's right. Uh, you know what it, uh, I think it was Jesus? Uh, you know said um, you know don't don't fear uh, men. What men can do because they can only kill the body. That's right. Fear God, right? Because he he has control over your eternal soul. That's right. And, 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 and so, again, that, and that's kind of the basis of it is if I understand God's perfect love for me, if we understand our place in Christ, which, uh, again, this is why I always say I think the number one way that the enemy does try to attack us as believers is to try to attack our sense of identity. Mm-hmm. Because he knows if I can screw with your identity, which what is our identity? Our identity is based in God's perfect love. So if he can mess with my identity, which really is my understanding and acceptance of God's perfect love for me, that he really would call me son and daughter, that he really would that he really does write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, that he really does forgive me, that he really does stand with me, that he really does never leave me or forsake me, right? That's all based in what? His perfect love. So if he can mess with my my sense of God's perfect love and or my identity, right, you know, those two being the same thing. He knows he can get me to fall into places of fear, of insecurity, yeah. of doubt, of like you said, paralysis of analysis, um, uh, and all these different things where we see fear become a part of decision making, becomes a part of our mindset, becomes a how how we interact with the world, um, and, and and that, like you said, because of human nature, that creeps its, it creeps into the church. Yep. It creeps into so many different aspects of society, especially when you're looking at world society that's not governed by Christ. Yeah, it becomes one of the primary. I would say next to uh, next to lust and sex. Yeah, fear is the next primary. Maybe, maybe even not. Maybe fear is number one. It would be close. Maybe it's a toss up. Because it drives the other things. Yeah. Part of it, yeah. Part of it, yeah. But it's just like, yeah, you need this, otherwise your people aren't going to accept you. You need this, otherwise you're not going to be successful. You need this, otherwise you're not going to be safe. You have to do that, otherwise, you know, someone's going to storm into your house and, right. and kill your family. You need that because of, you know, and it's all based on our fears of, of possible negative outcomes because we don't trust God. And we don't trust God. Why? Because we don't, we haven't accepted his perfect love. Now, here's, here's,
1: here's a question. Why are we so dr- I I know the answer, but, uh, and, and you will know the answer too, but just asking these questions helps people um, assess what's going on in their personal situations. It, it helps me, it uh, helps me remember. But why do we get so afraid when we have to make a decision or when we're in a situation, uh, especially, well, let's use, Having the conversation about racism or having the conversation about masks and whether it's a conspiracy or not like why do we get so afraid why do people get so afraid so afraid that they won't make a decision or they will make a decision but it's based on fear yeah of what other people are going to say
0: yeah I, I think it comes it comes down to something like really fundamental but really true and, and sad but true but I mean this 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 has borne itself out in, in many of the interactions that I've had as, as pastors. Yeah. A lot of believers, a lot of Christians, even a lot of pastors don't truly have a relationship with God. Yeah. Such that, and hear what I'm saying, because by relationship, I'm not saying you haven't accepted Jesus as your Savior, I'm not saying you don't go to church or sing songs of worship and praise i'm not saying you don't tie or read the bible but i'm talking about actual relationship with god um the bible says that his sheep know his voice and and there's i think that's (laughs) what led by there is a there is a uh uh, i don't want to use the pandemic word pandemic but there is a crisis of the body of christ not knowing his voice yes and so, you know, I can know all the verses that I want. I can have, you know, have all the sermons in my head that I want. I can have been a Christian for however many years, whatever. But if I don't know God's voice, if I'm not confident in, in 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 understanding and feeling, so that I can follow and obey the leading of the Holy Spirit, then then I'm gonna be afraid when I'm faced with serious situations and circumstances because I'm not gonna know what to do. Yeah. And, and then we have to rely on ourselves, and most of us are very aware of the fact that we're not great at that. Right? Isn't it also
1: that we might know his voice, we just don't want to obey his voice?
0: I don't know if that produces fear. Uh, I suppose that would maybe produce some trepidation, because if you know you're going to be a disobedient, then you probably have a sense that it's not going to work out. Well, you, it's like when you're helping your kid, or you're helping a kid on a bike, they are like, come on, I got you, I got you. And they're
1: like, no, no. Like, the voice is there, and they know it's their death. But they just don't want to go because fear has paralyzed them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm right here. I just told you I'm not going to let anything happen. And then it, it might take a while but um, uh, before the kids listen, before the kid listens, but those initial moments are
0: like, no, even with his voice. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of that comes from um, I, I talk about this a lot It comes up a lot in conversations And sermons and Bible studies um, Because it's just such a clear principle in the, in the Bible In the Old Testament God made a really really big deal About the Hebrews and later the Israelites uh, Passing the knowledge And the stories of his faithfulness On to the next generation yes. Why? Why? Because he understood that that was the basis for them to trust him.
1: They had to have the proof. Yeah, they, they had to have the this proof. This is there. the
0: evidence that you can trust me. This is the yep. evidence that I really am your God, that you really are my people, that I am the one true living God, and that I will protect you and give you victory over any enemy if you just follow me and obey my commandments, right? And, and, and to the point where, you know, again, every time they had a victory or there was some kind of a significant moment with God they would name the town or they would name the well or they would build an altar and they would name it. They would name the region or the river or whatever. They would give them names that literally preserved for the you know eternity, all the generations to come, what God had done there so that they could never forget. But then at the same time, while they're trying to put all these safeguards in place and God is trying to be so intentional about keeping his faithfulness in front of their faces so that they don't stray and turn, turn to fear and idolatry, what we see is that it was almost a generation by generation cycle yeah. where it only took one generation for that awareness to fade away um, and so, you know it's, that's the other thing is that we are so quick to forget how God came through the last time, like I literally see people who, they come and they're they're freaked out and they're asking for prayer like, Pastor Jesse, please pray have the church praying for me because such and such happened and I don't know uh, you know how we're going to pay rent or whatever, and God comes through, and they're so thankful and praise report and testify in front of the church, and then and two then, months later it's the same story. I'm like, yeah. and it's we forget a, a, so easily as pastors because we see it so much. You get to the point where like, I don't get why you're still so freaked out every time this happens. Yeah, like I, I'll, I, I know and have to keep telling you how many times God's been faithful and has taken care of you. Like, why can't you just trust Him? And so I think that's the other side. Not only do we often not really have an actual relationship with God so that we know his voice, yeah. right? And the Bible says we have to be led by the spirit, not led by the flesh. By it. Yep. But the other side of it is, is we also are so quick to forget all the times he's answered prayer, all the ways he's been faithful, all the times that he's come through for us. And so... Um, that's that whole be anxious for nothing scripture. It says in that scripture
1: to think about how... God how good God has Thank been. Thank you, yeah.
0: Thank you for his faithfulness Thank and all for the that. good things he's done. Yeah, because that's the basis. That's the basis of our faith. Really? It's not a blind faith. It's a faith based on evidence. God knew that he had to give us evidence of his faithfulness. He didn't just come and appear, you know, to the Hebrews and be like, "I'm your God. I picked you." Trust me, they're like, "Why?" Like, "Eeny meeny miny No, no. You guys are the ones. So now you got to come follow me and and left them with their own devices." Like no, he proved it And even the New Testament The, the, the Bible says that the, the power of God Would come and confirm the word of the gospel mm-hmm. So that people understood the truth Of what the disciples were sharing um, For people who didn't know Jesus Hadn't seen Jesus didn't Hadn't experienced his miracles They needed to see that this gospel was true And so God gave them evidence Through his power yep. um, But it's up to us to remember that evidence And, and that's where we struggle a lot of times it's funny how hard it is for us to forget our failures, and how easy it is for us to forget God's blessings. Like wow. that's the same brain, right? You gotta, why why does it work that way? <laughs> why is it that God can forgive us, but we have so it's so hard for us to forgive ourselves and forget our failures and leave them in the past? And at the same time, God can be so faithful to us, and we're just so quick to forget it. It's, he, it's a "What have you done for me lately?" thing, and and it's almost like we start off every day or we start every trial back at square one brand new like uh, as if we knew nothing about god right. you know and i think he, and he knew that
1: which is why he put these contingencies in place um leading paul to say what he said as far as how we bring our petitions to him and just remembering how good he's been yeah. thanking him for right. Those things, and when Paul, when led by the Holy Spirit again, said that the reason why we forget is because we let the cares of the world, the lust of other things, and the deceitfulness of riches choke out what we know to be true about God. Yeah, we forget, which is why he go, he says a lot of he he uses these conjunctions like therefore. Yeah, in light of his grace. Yeah, and we forget that part. I'm my wife is in New York just going to be brutally honest with you guys. My wife is in New York. She's helping her mom out uh, because her grandmother, my wife's grandmother, is 106. So my mother-in-law is working and taking care of her 106-year-old mother who thinks 3 o'clock in the morning is 7 o'clock in the morning, and she's ready to get up and have coffee and breakfast. And this happens periodically. And my mother-in-law was like, oh my God. So she, in quarantine, has just been crazy because she's been allowed to work at home, uh, from home. Yeah. But she also has to do this other thing. So my wife is out there helping her. And I'm not going to lie, it's been hard without my wife. It's been very difficult. And I'm like, there, there was a first, the first couple of days, I was like, God, why, why does this even have to be? Why is this woman still alive? That my wife has to go out. <laughs> Why is she still alive? Why she's hundred and six. Take she's her 106. out the world. Why is my wife helping be out there wow. helping, helping her mother? Why can't she be here? Why can't we be together? Why can't? Da-da-da. And it's sending me further and further down.
0: The spiral, yeah. The
1: spiral, and I'm and I had to stop and be like, yo. Before you lose it, remember. God's. I had. I had to say. I was like, God is. God no. But you're good. You're good. And I had to remind myself of that. I'm. I'm reading that book, The Gospel by um, uh, J.D. Greer.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, I'm just on that chapter where he's talking about Satan's devices and how he, he specifically, tries to help make us forget, and focus on, the negative.
0: Yeah.
1: Focus on our our past uh, mistakes and all of our issues and God really didn't say and you really aren't and that was that's what has been happening the past couple of, uh, the first couple of days when my wife uh, was in New York and I was like no I literally had to verbally say but God you took care of us then you're going to take care of us now this is a temporary thing thank you Thank you for helping us out. So, like, we're not saying this from a place of you guys do it,
0: you should do it, but uh, we have to do it too. We we all struggle with that. Yeah. It, it, here here's the truth, man. and hear me when I say this. I want you guys to hear me, because well, I'm just saying I'm not to two mile walk, but this is good. <laughs> this is good. Okay. <laughs> but uh, fear, fear and hope. Operate exactly the same way. Yeah, they do. Fear, fear, fear is birth in the unknown, and it's our imagination filling that unknown future with something bad. Same as hope. Hope does the exact same thing. It it utilizes our imagination to fill the unknown of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The unknown. They both work exactly the same way, and the only difference is that fear imagines the negative. And the scary and the frightening and the hurtful, right. Right? and hope imagines the good and the positive and the beneficial. So, how do how do we shift ourselves from our natural tendency of filling that that blank imaginary tomorrow with negative to filling it with positive? That's where our faith comes into play. Yeah, that's when our 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 remembrance of God's past faithfulness. Well, remember the last time I didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. This is how God filled that void. Yeah. Well, now I can project that same image onto this blank yeah. canvas, and I can, I can have some trust and some peace and some calm, and ultimately the word, the hope, which is why hope is part of the definition of faith. Is I've I hope my faith allows me to use hope in my imagination to ima- to fill the unknown of tomorrow. With good instead of with bad, I like it and 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 when we look at when we look at how fear is used uh today when it, how it's used in uh in in church in homes in schools in politics, it's always about usually it's about this is what you need to do uh you know in case this is what happens in yeah. the future you know uh you know uh, even though. You know, and I'm not getting a Second Amendment rights, but mm-hmm. even though, even though research has shown that more people get shot in their home who live in the home by a gun in the home than there actually are armed uh, uh, home invasions thing, each yeah. year in the whole So people buy them to protect against the fear of the 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 my new possibility of an armed home invasion. Um, when in reality they actually cost more lives than people that people love and care about and actually live with right? Um, because of misunderstandings and, and people's fear when they hear a noise in the night yeah. again we f- we fill that unknown with this image of this terrible person who's broken into my house to you Isn't know so, rape my wife so and natural. kill my children and it's actually like you know your uncle it's and, so and, you shoot, and you shoot your uncle because of because of that fear yeah. right and it's, it's, it's used for everything you know it's uh, you know, we need to have this or that because, you know, you, we need, you need to have a hybrid vehicle because what happens when there's no more gas? And, you know, that might actually be a wisdom prudence thing. But uh-huh. it's it's all about let me fill the tomorrow with something negative. Right. And then let me get you to make a decision or to choose something or create something or buy something to protect against that imaginary yeah. negative future. Right. Well, all of that power and control goes away yeah. from the world system if what I imagine tomorrow is something positive. Right. I don't need you to help me protect against something positive. Yeah. Right? I don't, need to, I don't need you to help me uh, uh, set myself up to uh, hedge my bets against something beneficial. Now, here's the thing. That's, I, mean, I, I, I love that. That's, that's, um,
1: that's just sound wisdom to just be um, uh, a positive outcome observer and someone who is expectant of good things to happen. But for the believer, when Paul talks about hope, when we see hope in the New Testament, he's always talking about the hope of the life after this one. Yeah, and that's that's like, the other that's, like that's like we have to remember that this earth, everything here is is fading away. Right. It's all fading away. And like the end result for us is eternal life with christ yeah like so if nothing else if nothing else we get heaven we get god we get jesus like we get to be with them you know what i'm saying and that's the hope that uh uh for for us as believers that's what we can look forward to if if like i if we never get there and again another just me being brutally honest, if I never get a Grammy, if I never get a, another song placed, will that hurt? Heck yeah! Who, who is not, who, which one of us who is not a musician, singer, songwriter, doesn't want that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but if it never happens, that's not, it can't be, it won't be the end for me because the end for me is how, is me living with the hope. Of right. eternal life, right. spent with Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And and again, and, and part of it too is we were talking about this in our, our Bible study last night. Again, in First Corinthians chapter ten, because we we're it, again in that that verse that talks about you know uh, even when temptation comes, it will not be too much for you because God will give you that's He will it. give you a way out. Or yeah. and, and we were looking at the Greek and we were seeing that that's actually uh, um, that. They translate as escape or way out. Yeah. And so we think of it as, oh, the temptation comes and God's going to give me this quick uh, escape from it. Right. But the Greek is is actually, it, it talks about um, the definition is, I, from, I'm not going to remember the wording quite right, but it's the sense of walking through to the completion of something. Yeah. So what, what it actually means is God is going to give you the way through the test. Because if, if we just get a quick, if, if he rescues us from every little test, then it doesn't accomplish what... We see scripture tell us that that uh, tribulations, tests, trials, temptations are for, yeah. which, which is to grow us. If he rescues us real quick every time, then we're not going to grow. We're not going to grow any strength or anything like that. So, so it's important that we have a, that mindset. So a lot of times the, the very thing that we spend time fearing, and because of our fear, we spend time trying to... Create protections against is the that very thing it. that we're supposed to walk through right. because we're supposed to recognize that's not something to be feared. That's something to rejoice in yeah. because it grows us. And we, so again, like a lot of our fear that dictates so much of our life choices as Christians, that oftentimes set us up to, to not to not accomplish God's will for our lives, on. to fail. Um, and is is that uh, protecting ourselves against anything that's uncomfortable in life?
1: I'm not sure I shared this before, but I've heard it said like this. Heard that very thing said like this. God will not. God will not take us out of something that He wants to use to perfect us through. Yeah. And I'm probably butchering it because I'm. I'm pretty sure it was a. A a better worded. (laughs) It was more more eloquent than that. He's not going to take us out of a situation that, His plan is to perfect us through it. Right. So we're praying God to take us out of this and he's like yeah but I, I I'm orchestrate I've orchestrated this to perfect patience in you to perfect perseverance in you yeah if I take you out of it you won't have patience you yeah. won't have perseverance yeah. you won't yeah. be able to forgive you won't be able to you know what yeah. I'm saying
0: like th- yeah this isn't something to be feared right and, and that was the sense and that's the understanding that we see in scripture and it's 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 in multiple different places. Is that when we're talking about tests and trials, the reaction that we're supposed to have as disciples of Christ is actually is not one of resignation. Yeah. Like, because because there's that side. There's those of us who don't recognize it for what it is, and we try to avoid it. And then there's some of us who recognize it for what it is, and begrudgingly, right. Accept. Uh, 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 you know, uh, go. Uh, what's the, trudge on yeah. and, and and get through yet another. Whatever, thanks, Lord. That wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> kind of the Eeyore syndrome. Yeah. Right. But in the Bible, the reaction is one of joy. It's crazy. It's it's one. It it constantly it says count it, count it all. all joy, uh, count it wonderful joy. Uh, be excited uh, when you have the opportunity to be tested and tried and tempted. In Different ways. Um, he said. Yeah, in different ways. And that and and Jesus told us that. Uh, Trials and persecutions Will be a part of our life As disciples of Christ Mm -hmm. And so um, That's a big part of fear too Is if we approach The challenges of life With the right mindset Then we never have to Resort to fear Because Because it doesn't matter If our imagination Fills that imaginary Tomorrow with something negative If we see that Something negative As actually something Positive that God Is going to use to grow us Yeah So it's not something To run away from It's something to embrace and, that's and hard for Americans. That's that's hard for anybody. Nobody wants to think about that. And and anytime I talk about that with people, there's always comebacks of like, well, you know, okay, but well, you know, what about this? And of course, you have to protect your family. And I'm like, what about Joe? Right. Like we lost all. What about Joe? What about what about that that verse? And in, in, uh, I keep talking about it recently. I keep forgetting to look it up to remind myself where it is. But uh, uh, Paul's talking about how the uh, the uh, the disciples were facing a situation that was so dire that they had given up all hope to the oh, point yeah. where they believed they were going to die. They don't yeah. define what the situation was, but it was something of, of, of fatal destruction. And, and it says, and we finally, at that point, gave up relying on ourselves and relied on God, and he rescued us. That's right. And so this, this idea that, like, this isn't just talking about the little tests and the little trials, because we, we have this idea, and we it's based in human wisdom, that, ones, that, we, <laughs> that, we are, that we are justified that there's good reason to, to set up protections um, against certain challenges and difficulties right. that God may bring into our life. Um, but even the worst things God uses to teach us and to grow us. And, and I think that fear keeps believers very, very weak. Yes, it does. Very, very weak. Fear of, and of that's what why, could
1: happen.
0: Yeah, fear of what could happen that then controls me and keeps me from from growing my faith in God. Not only because that fear requires me to not have faith in God, but also because that fear will keep me from engaging in the tests and the trials that are meant to grow my faith. Mm-hmm. And so we just. That's what it's all we about. Just, I mean, you think about it. We, we basically stay little two year olds who need a nightlight and are scared of the monster that's under it. the bed. That's it. But that's why I said it's
1: hard for, it, it is hard for everybody, but I feel like it's harder for Americans because we have so many creature comforts right, that right. Uh, people in other countries don't have. We're, and you find that it's easier for them to just believe that uh, to have the hope of eternal life than to have the hope of, getting their cell phone fixed because well, they, no that they, yeah, they, right. they have no expectation yeah they don't right. have they have no expectation that's
0: always been uh, their lot life and everybody they know is lot life right. you know there's a huge percentage of the world's population that has always right. lived that way
1: and that's not to say that because we have that um, uh, we just have a, a, a different set of problems than maybe that's that's not it, it w- we were never supposed to be focusing on that stuff. So we the fact that we can even think about getting a cell phone or not, that puts us in the top 1% of the richest people in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, we are wealthy. We're here wealthy. Uh, I think the actual percentage is, if you have more than one car in your household, you're among the top 1% wealthy, yeah. wealthiest in the, in, the, in, the, in the country. So we have more, if you stop and think about it, we have more than what we actually yeah, need yeah because we're
0: because we're, because we're accustomed, accustomed to a certain level of comfort right. and, and and you know again for the for the most part even the worst off in American society in general I mean maybe other than you know uh, mental health pe- people with mental health issues who are having to run the street homeless yeah. other than maybe them even the worst off in our society are living lives that a third of the world's population would no, that's right so it's like so yeah we have a certain baseline expectation of comfort that you that you're right it makes it hard for us to embrace discomfort mm-hmm. it makes us more likely to, to run away from anything right. that would be uncomfortable or painful or challenging but but again it, that that keeps us weak it keeps us it keeps us low probably- and and, and, it, and it robs us of that hope yeah, and I think um, I think that's such an important thing uh, right now, in, in this season, is that we have to have that hope. We have to we have, have to, that we hope. We have to be able to see. We have to see the unknown tomorrow, the unknown tomorrow when this pandemic is going to end. The unto- unknown tomorrow when all this political mess is going to be done with. The unknown tomorrow of when there's going to be you know equality for all people in our yeah. in our country. The unknown tomorrow. All these things we have to be able to fill that picture with the hope of Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 recognize just like you said, even if it doesn't come in this life, yeah. the worst that can happen here is that I am uncomfortable and then my flesh dies. That's it. But I have I have eternity, I have the hope of eternity with Christ. Right? And that's the hope that we want we have to bring to the world. And to do that we have to conquer fear. Yeah. Like, to do that we have to conquer fear. And that's why that's why people have issue with people who use a fear based approach to try to yeah. bring people to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's not about being afraid of going to hell. It's about the hope of going yeah. to heaven. Like we can't if perfect no. love casts out <laughs> all fear then how can we use fear to draw somebody to perfect that's love? Right. That's right. It's crazy that's when you right. it's crazy when you think about it. But that's what we do. And, and again, the, the church we, oh the God. church does this right. If if you don't if you don't give you know if you don't tithe ten percent, God's not going to bless you. Okay. What is that? That's fear. They're using fear. I think all those things. And, and here's the thing: we, we don't
1: say that all these practices are disciplines. They're not disciplines for God. They're disciplines for us. Right. They're disciplines for us. And some of these disciplines we've made God rules. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When his rule is love, I'm going to have, I'm going to show you love and great mercy. Yeah. Regardless if you keep the disciplines or not. Right. But they're for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we packaged it like that instead of fear, and I think the reason why we don't is because we're afraid that we'll lose control of the people. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: You, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> which, is, which is crazy. It's, it is a cycle of fear. Yeah. A, a good friend of, of mine said it like, like this once. He was like, pastors would be less afraid of losing sheep if they remembered that the sheep aren't theirs in the first place.
0: Mm, yeah, right.
1: They belong to God. We're just stewards. We're just stewards of them, but because we forget that, because I forget that these kids are God's kids. I'm just father to them for a short time. They belong to God. Then I have a better perspective on everything. I don't have to fear. I I don't have to let fear drive my decisions. I don't have to let fear drive my emotions. I don't have to let fear drive how I discipline them or how I interact with them because I know that all I have to do, and this is all we have to do, right? Get back to planting and watering. Yeah. But we try to be the Holy Spirit who brings the increase. Mm-hmm. That's not our job. Yeah.
0: It's not our job.
1: Yeah. It's, uh,
0: yeah. So it's crazy. You know, I just want to, I want to encourage anyone watching, listening, who listens to the podcast or whatever, like, just focus on letting go of fear. Identify mm-hmm. the areas in your life where fear is a part. Yeah. Pay attention to, pay attention to, the, the language and the arguments and the, and the way things are presented by different elements in the world yeah. um, uh, pastors churches leaders bosses politicians identify the where they use fear mm-hmm. you know and 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 replace that with hope yeah replace that with the hope we have to we need to come back to like our hope in Christ we need to come back to because that's the steady foundation if there's one thing, that we need as believers, that the yeah. world needs right now is a steady foundation. Yeah. We're, we're all living through, there's so much upheaval and turmoil right now. Everything is going crazy. Businesses, incomes, uh, 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 the financial institutions, yeah. the economy, health stuff, uh, racial reconciliation stuff, po- politics, global pandemic, All mm-hmm. there's so much shaking right now <laughs> that it's really easy to be afraid, right? right? And I guess that gives gives us a perfect analogy we can close on is, is Peter. Yeah. He walked on water until he got focused on the ways right. and got afraid. That's perfect. That's perfect. When he was looking at Jesus and obeying Jesus and he had the hope of the Savior who he trusted, he was good. And as soon as he started looking at all of the mess of the turmoil around that's right. him, that's when he sank. And that's fear right. will sink us. Fear does sink us. For some of us, it has sunk us. Um, That's good. Fear is dragging our country down. It's dragging the church down. And we need to get back to that hope that provides that state. You can't build unless you have a good foundation. That's right. And so we need to get back. Hope in Christ is our foundation. Hope in Christ is the thing on which we can build successful lives. Not successful in the world's definition, but successful in God's eyes. It has to be because if we're controlled by fear, if we always fill that unknown with something dangerous and negative, Um, then it's going to be very hard for us to live according to God's uh, direction and and the leading of the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah. Man, don't get focused on the storm around you. Focus on the one who's calling you through the storm, the one who's walking with you in the storm. Um, That's awesome. Where can people go if they have questions, if they got comments? If they got suggestions for topics.
0: Yeah. Well, I still, I still, would, I would love. I know anyway, this stuff y'all. is going on in people's lives. I know you all have questions. I know we are not the only ones who have had burning things that we haven't understood about God or the Bible. Um, so you know, shoot, yeah, shoot us some ideas. We we love to um, to to jump on those and, and to help some people out. So yeah, um, yeah, you can you can comment or you can message us um, on the Facebook page, uh, the Faith Chair. And, uh, or you can email us at faithchairpodcast at gmail.com, uh, either one of those. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys, really. We out! put
1: the fuzzy mic
0: Oh that's on. For me. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Join us next time.
1: Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to ask and answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. But until then, we'll see you guys next time here on The, the Face Chair. Chair.